Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, outreach of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos, along with Chippy the Chipmunk. Oh, my adoring fans. Get ready for a huge dose of reality and a huge dose of common sense. You said it, brother. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is, Wednesday, August 2nd. We're already in August. Can you believe that? Jeez, it just seems like we were celebrating Christmas uh, last week. Okay, maybe not last week, but two weeks ago. And here we are already in August. And what's funny is we're creeping up on on Christmas faster than many people realize. Which I'm not complaining about. I'm looking forward to colder weather. I'm looking forward to all the family and friendships and the getting together and the hot chocolate and the cookies and pumpkin spice everything which that is coming real soon but anyways i uh, i want to say a big huge fat thank you to everybody that's been listening to these podcasts i'm looking right now on my ipad i'm looking at the map the analytics map of the particular um site that i go through for these podcasts and it gives me a map of where everybody's listening to and on this particular map, if you see a white dot, that's typically maybe one person in that area, that given area, listening to these podcasts. But the more people in a given area, those white dots squish together, and as they squish together, they turn red. So the darker the red or the more brilliant the red, the more people in a given area that is listening. And I'm looking at my map, and it's not zoomed in. It's it's I see the whole world map right here. Um, the United States of America is totally red. Mexico, except for one little portion, is totally red. Uh, the islands, such as, um, what is this? Uh, boy, I'm terrible at my geography. I need to go relearn this stuff. But anyways, the islands, completely red. Um, South America, lots of red in various countries of South America. Africa, Sub-Sahara Africa, lots of red, especially... In the West, in the West uh, and South Africa, of course, South Africa. A huge shout out to all of you in South Africa listening. Thank you, uh, Rian, and your lovely wife, Elisma, and Peter, and all of you out there. If you're listening, hey, I appreciate you guys more than you know. But also, um, we got some in Congo. We got some up north in Kenya, uh, Zambia, Malawi. I mean, it, it's awesome. And then we have Middle East, Saudi Arabia, uh, looks like uh, Israel. I'm, I'm blowing it up and making it small and all that. Europe, England. You know, as at one point I was really praying, God, get me into England. I want to be able to have people in England hear me, get to know them a little bit better. And England, especially around the London area, is really red. Ireland, up north a little bit in Edinburgh. Um, that's in Scotland. Scotland. Uh, I even have people in China listening and Mongolia. This is awesome. We have uh, people in Australia, New Zealand, um, what is that, Singapore, Burma, uh, Philippines, all the way up in Japan. So uh, maybe that's my son, Sam. Thank you, Sam. 
We got people in, again, China. This is amazing. India, which was surprising to me. I looked at the map today, and India is starting to really light up. So all of you in India, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And all over the world, South America, Africa, the various nations in Africa, and the various nations in South America, various nations throughout Europe, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I truly appreciate each and every one of you because it's people like you that are carrying this voice all over the world and i so appreciate that god's doing extraordinary things and so all of you in mexico thank you thank you thank you i actually wish i spoke all these languages so that i could start doing these podcasts in various languages unfortunately um i i just all i i barely know english so uh you know what you see is what you get unfortunately however i was just in some talks with some people in my church who are fluent in Spanish. So we're seriously considering coming together and doing some podcasts in Spanish so that you can get out down into Mexico, South America, throughout the United States and all the Spanish-speaking people in the United States. I believe Philippines, uh, Spanish is their language, get into the Philippines, into Spain. So I'm really excited about that because it will just expand our ministry, it expand our reach. It'll help uh, not just us, but it'll help people all over the globe that are primarily Spanish-speaking. So please pray for that, ladies and gentlemen, because I want to launch that relatively soon and uh, really get moving on some things. But I didn't really start today's podcast to talk about just that, although I just thought it was remarkable when I was looking at all of this. I want to share with you some things that have been happening here, uh, culturally, I guess you could say it, culturally, societally, and it's really interesting what I'm watching going on in our nation here and really in the world. And as I've said before, even though you might be listening in in another country, the principles remain the same. I might mention somebody's name and you say, who? Um, Because it might not be somebody that you're really familiar with, and that's okay. What what I uh, try to do is bring about principles and ideas that no matter where you are in the world, no matter what language you speak, no matter what kind of governmental system you're under, whatever culture, society that you are in, uh, it, these principles still remain the same. It's, you know, th- an example of that, it might be silly, but an example of that is one plus one equals two, no matter where you are at in the world. It just doesn't change. Those are just facts, figured principles that work or are at work. And I do want to talk to you a, a little bit about this Jason Aldean fiasco. How dare this guy write and sing a song about a small town and wanting to protect himself, his family, and his neighbors in a small town if thugs show up with the idea of flipping over cars and burning down bu- buildings and harming people. How dare he want to protect what he um, loves and admires in his small town. I'm being facetious. I'm being sarcastic, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for a reason, because this is absolutely absurd. I love this song. I've only listened to it all the way through maybe two times. Uh, One for sure, maybe two times. And as I've said before, when I first heard the song, I said, this is a cool song. I liked it. But then when I saw that the left was going absolutely bonkers and losing their mind, I love this song, even though I've only listened to it, like I said, two times. Because, you see, I don't know how else to say it, but the underlying 
um, cause of liberal, the left-leaning Democrat liberalism, and this is worldwide. It's not just Democrats, the only the Democrat Party in the United States of America, but people that are you know for abortion, for big government, for higher taxes, for more social programs and more social things so people don't have to take care of themselves, take responsibility for themselves, but the government does that. So people that lean towards that, I'm just going to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, and I hope it doesn't offend you because once you're offended, you'll shut down. But I do hope you get the truth. There's a demon behind that. It's a spirit. It's not, it's not just a, an ideology that man came up with on his own necessarily. It's demonically inspired. And how do you know this? When somebody such as Jason Aldean comes and sings a song that, that goes against their narrative and they absolutely lose it. And you can, what you're seeing and how they're acting is akin to the stories in the Bible where somebody starts manifesting a demon and losing their mind. That's what it is. The demonic in them is hitting them in such a way that the demon itself is losing its mind and is manifesting through that person. So when you see all these young liberals and and they get backed into a corner ideologically, and, and they've they have no more argument. They have no more facts, or you know, they don't even have facts, but any more point that could be made. They just do their what they call the liberal scream. They just drop to the floor and just start screaming at the top of their lungs. They do this on the street. They do this in um, city council meetings. They do this uh, in in all kinds of hearings and such such as the city council meeting because they're they've lost it. So when you see somebody like Jason Aldean who sings a song about life in a small town and how we take care of our own, and if you try to pull that nonsense here, well, well you're going to pay the ultimate price. We're going to come and beat you down. Now, it doesn't say that. I'm putting those words in there. So when you see these liberals saying, oh, he's promoting lynching, there's no such thing as, there's no lynching in that song at all. Oh, he's promoting racism. There's nothing about race in that song. And one of the points that I made in one of my podcasts dealing with this song and what it means is, why can't you have a small town that has um, all the races represented? I mean, you go into a lot of small towns, and I'm not going to lie, depending on where you're at, you might have predominantly white. You go into a small town in another area of the country, and it could be predominantly black. You go into a small town in another part of the country, predominantly Hispanic. But the principles remain the same regardless of the overwhelming color of skin of the people that live in that small town. And this is something that the left doesn't quite understand. Jason Aldean wasn't writing that song or singing that song necessarily to a bunch of white people. He was talking about his experiences. But that song can be easily applied to a small town filled with... um, Black people, Hispanic people, Asian people. And and this still the, the principle goes the same. So I'm gonna just paint this picture. You got a small town. Let's say and and let's just paint the picture of a real, you know, a small town. You got five to ten thousand people in a t- small town, predominantly, if not completely, uh black. Okay. And some group wants to come down through their small town and protest, but they don't just march down the street yelling their slogans um, or holding up their signs. They start flipping over cars. They start burning buildings. They start punching people, fighting, 
hurting and harming people. Well, what do you think that small town filled with uh, primarily black folk are going to do? They're going to go out there and protect their own, protect their family, protect their businesses, protect their property, stop the violence. And even if that means by using violence to stop the violence, they'll do that. And I personally applaud them for that, would applaud them for that. If that was a Hispanic town, same thing. I applaud them for taking care of their own. If that was a town full of uh, Asian Americans, I applaud them for protecting them their own. So why is it a white guy singing it, and I'm assuming he's singing it about you know, his own experiences, so I'm going to assume it was primarily a white town. So why is it suddenly that's all all of a sudden racist. It's the most ridiculous um, nonsense that if you really just stop and think about it, you realize, wow, the Democrats have really lost it. The left has really lost it. Yeah, they have. Ladies and gentlemen, because they're completely demonized. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just being honest with you. If you, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to that song and you come up with that conclusion, this is racist, this is going to come lynching. I agree with these people. Yeah, lynching. We're going to start seeing people hanging from trees. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, going to, this is crazy. I can't believe it. What a racist. If you think that, you are demonized. You need deliverance. You need salvation and deliverance. I'm just being honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. This is just the truth. So anyways, let me read uh, this article. And this came out. August 1st, so I guess yesterday, 2023, and this is in the Daily Wire, and, um, published, written by Katie Jerkovich, and it says, Jason Aldean lands in number one spot as country artists dominate music chart for first time ever. So, Jason Aldean is now number one. It says, Jason Aldean's new song, Try That in a Small Town, landed in the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100 song chart followed by two other country artists, marking the first time ever that the top three spots on the chart are all occupied by country stars. And I hope the country music industry is take, uh, really paying attention to what's going on. Jason Aldean's song is number one on the charts. Now there's two other country songs, country singers, that are at second and third place, which is also kind of cool in that sense. But Jason Aldean's song is number one. That tells you, what does this country want to hear? More left-leaning, so-called progressive nonsense or songs that empower the average American to say, yeah, I can rise up and protect what is important to me. That's what we want to hear. Anyways, let me go on. The 46-year-old country singer's song hit the airwaves in May. But it wasn't until he released the music video for it earlier this month that it drew a backlash and sent streams skyrocketing and allowing the song to shoot up the charts, <coughs> Billboard magazine noted. And by the way, ladies, the, the uh, song didn't shoot up the charts because of the video itself, per se. What happened was the, the uh, left, the Democrats, the left, saw the video, freaked out, blew a gasket, and because of that, people like me now loved the song, went and bought it. I didn't buy it, but a lot of people did. But went and bought it just because the liberals hated it. And again, politicians and normal America take note of this. This is showing the really, really what's at the heart of the United States and what Americans are feeling and sensing, and what they're willing to give themselves to, and what they're now rejecting because the left has gone completely loony. 
So normal America is now rejecting the left and its looniness. Let's go on. While Odine has enjoyed the top spot, country singer Morgan Whalen's Last Night sits at number two, followed by country artist Luke Combs' cover of Tra- Tracy Chapman's Fast Car in third place. This marks the first time ever in the history of the all-genre music chart that country music has scored the top three spots in a single week dating back to the start of the chart in August 1958, the outlet noted. The country singer recently went viral after he took to Twitter and wrote to his 3.8 million followers thanking them for support amid the backlash against the song. Aldine's post included a clip from one of his shows over the weekend in which he addressed a fan who asked if he would be singing the song. At the time of this publication, the post has been viewed 1.8 million times. So somebody asked me, he says, Hey man, do you think we're going to play this song tonight? Aldine told the crowd. The answer was simple, he added. The people have spoken, and you guys spoke very, very loudly this week. The comments stem from headlines about the Dirt Road Anthem, Hitmaker's music video for the song that came out on July 14th, which critics claim was racist and pro-lynching. And again, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing about lynching or race in this song. These people are genuinely nuts. Anyway, following the backlash, CMT, that's Country Music Television, pulled the singer's music video, and has yet to respond as to why. Aldine hit back against the criticism, calling it meritless and dangerous. After the song was pulled and Aldine responded, the ballad ended up shooting to the top of the all-genre iTunes charts and streams of the song have increased by 999%, Fox News noted. The Dirt Road Anthem hitmaker scored his first number one on the Hot 100 chart back in 2005, with his 40th entry on the chart, Hicktown, Billboard noted. And that's the end of the article. That's a strange way to just end the article. But nonetheless, so Jason Aldean's song, Try That in a Small Town, is now number one on Billboard's uh, top, was it top 100? Yeah, Hot 100, I'm sorry, Billboard Hot 100 songs. Now he's number one singing about protecting how small towns and people in small towns, hey, We'll protect our own. We'll take care of our neighbor. We won't let you burn down our buildings. We won't let you destroy our property. We won't let you hurt our loved ones. That's what the song is about, and they're calling that racist. You, let me let me explain something to you. The people, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. This is so important for you to understand. The people that listen to this song and watch the video and then say that's racist, okay, because you have to make the assumption that Jason Aldean, white guy, is singing about if a person of color comes and tries that stuff, we're going to take him out. And it's only those people of color that are going to do that. So the person that doesn't like this song, calling it racist and promoting lynching, is basically saying they're the real racist because they're saying Jason Aldean is a white guy. His small town is filled with white people and only black people will come into that place and do stuff. Listen, listen to that again. They're, they are basically saying by saying that's racist and that's promotes lynching that because they're saying black people are the ones that are going to come in there and cause all the crime and all the problems. That's the only assumption that you can come up with to make that song racist on any level. It's being aimed at these black people because they're the only ones going and burning down buildings. Now, I know that's not true. You know that's not true. And anybody that knows anything about really what's going on in our culture and our world today knows that that is not true. 
But to say that, to say, Jason Aldean, your song is racist, it's the racist who is making those uh, accusations. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the racist. And it's the people on the left who say it's going to promote lynching. Well, who really not just promoted lynching, but actually did the lynching? It was the Democrats who formed the Ku Klux Klan. I know a lot of people still don't believe that. Look it up. Just look it up. Do a little research. It's out there. The information is there. It was the Ku Klux Klan, the left. Okay, the Democrats. I'm sorry, the Democrats, the left, who are crying about Jason Aldi's song, saying it promotes lynching, yet it was still the left that actually did the lynching. Does that even make sense? Now, the question I have for everybody, who buys this garbage? Who buys the garbage that the Democrat Party is selling? Who buys the garbage that the left is selling today? They're liars, hypocrites, and and they have a history of not just racism, like verbal racism, but history of violent racism. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Democrat Party that has a history of violent racism, not just some knucklehead standing up making a speech or singing a song or anything like that. Their racism goes to the point that it leaves people of color hanging from ropes in trees. They are upset at Jason Aldean and labeling him a racist, labeling him as pro-lynching, when none of, nothing of that is in that song at all. That's what blows my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't believe me, just go listen to the song. You can find it on uh, Spotify. You can sp- find it anywhere, really, now. <coughs> and it says nothing about race. Anyways, so ladies and gentlemen, who's the real racists? Well, the Democrats. I mean, honestly, I'm just being honest with you. The Democrats. Oh, 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 there's some there's some racists in the Republican Party. Yeah, there's racists everywhere you look. You're going to find somebody who leans that way. But the Democrat Party is 100% racist, built on racism because of racism, and they haven't lost that. They've, they've changed how they show it, but they haven't lost it. They're just a bunch of hypocrites and racists. I want to read to you another article. And again, this is about what's going on in our culture and our world right now. The Jason Aldean thing is one thing. But one of the things that I have found is really refreshing in, in a lot of ways is there's a lot of entertainers starting to rise up and say, wait a minute, enough's enough. And talking about what's going on out there, putting their foot down and starting to expose and talk about the hypocrisy of what's going on with our government, especially with Democrats. But but because right now they're in their they're in the control of the government. But just in this nation with all the absurdity that's going on and this guy um, Rob Schneider, I think most of you know who he is. He does a lot of uh, work with um, Adam Sandler and such, comedian. And um, he's been really going out on a limb in a, in a sense and bringing about an awareness of what's going on out there. Thank you, Rob Schneider. I wish there was more like you. But nonetheless, th- this is from an article, August 1st, yesterday. Uh, Virginia Kruta, this is um, again from Daily Wire. And the title is, Our Children Will Be Slaves. Rob Schneider unloads on government control. Actor Rob Schneider unloaded on the government in a lengthy social media post arguing that politicians on both sides of the political aisle would eventually turn Americans and their children into slaves if they didn't wake up uh, to what was happening. 
Schneider, who was outspoken in his criticism of COVID-related mandates and lockdowns, said that the government, including elected officials and unelected bureaucrats, was attempting to systematically strip power from the people instead of working for their benefit. He says this, The best slaves, the most cooperative slaves, are the slaves that don't even know they are slaves, Schneider began. But how does a very small group of people enslave hundreds of millions of other people? It's done one step at a time. Schneider went on to say that it started with the children and the fact that many were no longer being taught how their government was supposed to work or how they could influence the process. They took civics out of public schools, he explained, because they did not, they don't want you to know how your government works because if you did, you might try to change things. The government wants us fat, uneducated, sick, poisoned, and reliant on government for handouts and pretending there's difference between the left and the right. Schneider continued, pivoting to address the government and media colluding to control information. And they want to control the information that you get because they desperately don't want you to think for yourself. So they work with Google and Facebook, mainstream media, to control and censor the information you receive and to discredit and demonize those that don't go along with those that ask inconvenient questions. The people controlling government unelected conglomerates that decide what policies get written and who gets the trillions of dollars stay mostly hidden, he added, referencing the people who quietly fund politicians in an attempt to control policy. Schneider concluded that one last warning, with one last warning, saying that the final step in the process was for the government to disarm the populace, a move that would turn the people into slaves. The only thing that's left for the government to do now is completely disarm us. When that happens, if they are able to disarm us, then it's, all, it's over. We will be slaves and our children will be slaves for a hundred years, he said. Have a nice afternoon. You know, um, again, Rob Schneider is a comedian. He's a comedian. He does stand up. He, does, he acts. He's an actor, but he's primarily a comedian. I think funny. And uh, I like some of the roles that he's played and everything. And you know what? This comedian gets it. This comedian gets it. He understands it. One of the things that's happening all over, uh, all around us, our comedians are starting to stand up and talk about these things. I know I referenced this before, but Dave Ch- Chappelle, uh, he's been talking about some of these things. Well, some of these, he's been talking about this. And a lot of the comedians, Bill Burr, Uh, have been really standing up and and hammering these things. Now, Rob Schneider, they get it. Let me tell you why they get it. They oh, they're just comedians. What do they know? They know more than you think. Because you see, being a comedian, they have to really watch what's going on in the world around them. They have to watch people. They have to watch, you know, the culture, society as a whole. They have to watch politics. They have to watch politicians and you know, because that's where they get their material. And let's face it, with the guy that we have in the White House right now, these po- these uh, comedians are not short on material, all right, at all. But nonetheless, that's for another discussion. So they watch culture, they watch society, they watch what's going on, they see it and for, for their jokes, but they also, they're just seeing it, they're studying it, they're watching it, and they're getting in there and they're, and it's, they're starting to connect the dots. And it, so it doesn't just end up in a comedy skit, although it often does, it ends up in discussions like this from people like Rob Schneider, who actually gets it 
because he's paying attention. And a lot of our entertainers are are starting to come out more and more and more. I appreciate what, some things that Mark Wahlberg has said recently and Chris Pratt and others. Now Jason Aldean, um, Rob Schneider. Now I'm pointing all this out to say, ladies and gentlemen, please do not think even for a moment that we're done for. When the entertainers whose sole job is to make us happy or feel good or put a smile on our face, whatever. When they start coming out and they start producing movies such as The Sound of Freedom that's going phenomenal and is breaking all kinds of records in that regard for the type of movie it is and nobody wanted to produce it, nobody wanted to uh, put it out there, yet they got it done, they put it out there and now it's going literally worldwide, ladies and gentlemen. It's a good day. When you got entertainers such as um, Rob Schneider or Mark Wahlberg or Chris Pratt coming out and starting to speak up on these things. It's a good day. When you got all these comedians, you go to a comedy club and, and you, you're not just hearing, you know, uh, jokes about, you know, I don't know. Who, who, who did they make fun of before? You know, uh, anyways, I'm not even going to get into it because something came to mind, but I don't want to start anything. But so you, instead of hearing your typical jokes, you're starting to hear more political stuff. And they're even though they're getting people to laugh, they're telling the truth. Now, from what I understand, uh, Mel Gibson is coming out with a miniseries. Um, when I say miniseries, I, I can't remember if it was a two-part series or whatever, but a miniseries on the uh, pedophilia that goes on in Hollywood. Now, everybody's oh, that's so ugly. It's horrible. It's terrible. We're all going under. Ladies and gentlemen, when it starts getting exposed, okay, when the when the pedophilia, the child molesting, child sex trafficking in Hollywood is getting exposed by another Hollywood insider. It's a good day. I, don't get me wrong. It means we have to now, we're going to see it, we're going to know it, we're going to hear it, and we're going to have to start putting boots on the ground to, to take care of these things. But it's a good thing when these things are exposed. A good thing. So, so let me give you an example. Let's say you're drinking, I don't know, uh, your 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 diet drink okay you're told that if you drink this every day you're gonna lose i don't know a pound a day just drink this every day pound a day and you'll be great and so you start drinking it in a weekend you know maybe you're not feeling like you should be you're thinking well you know because i'm starting to lose weight it's trying to starting to change my chemistry blah 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 so you blow it off two weeks in you're not still not feeling good and then you take a little bit dig uh, a, a deeper look into this diet drink and find out that it's filled with all kinds of bad chemicals and it does bad things to your body and everything. I don't know about you. That could be a harsh reality, make you really upset, maybe even hurt your feelings a little bit. But don't you want that information so you can make the needed adjustments in your life so that you don't end up dying because of some foolish drink that somebody told you about that is really bad for you? I don't know about you. I want to know the truth, ladies and gentlemen. I want to know the truth. I want to know what's going on out there, regardless of how ugly it is, because I can't change what I'm unwilling to face. I can't change what I don't even know is going on. You see what I'm saying? So how can we fix it? How can we fix it if we don't know about it? So I want to say thank you to people like uh, Jim Caviezel and even Tim Ballard and all the people that made Sound of Freedom a hit and, and a success. Just the fact that they did this, my, I applaud them. And I don't want to say thank you, uh, Mel Gibson. You know, it's, it's funny, a long time ago, um, oh, this goes back 25 
maybe even more, almost 27 years. I met Mel Gibson in a funny way. It was in Malibu, and uh, we were, uh, some people I was working with, we were behind the courthouse there in Malibu, and Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson were in court at the time. And there was all kinds of, you know, the paparazzi were out there just mobbed. So we were actually behind where it was just us. And we were standing up on the bed of a truck looking over a short wall just just to see if, uh, you know, what we could see and everything. As we were standing there, what was interesting is uh, this, this um, what was it, a Toyota Land Cruiser pulls up next to us. And I just look, glanced over and my thought was, wow, that looks like Mel Gibson. And I turned back around and I said, wait a minute. That's Mel Gibson. And he and his wife at the time, uh, he got out, she got out. And as they were standing there, a helicopter lands on the landing pad that was, I don't know, maybe 50 feet away from us. I mean, it was really close. And this helicopter lands. But the gate to get into the helicopter landing pad was locked. And he walked up to us and says, hey, does anybody have a key to this? And uh, we didn't, of course. We didn't have a key, but he says, well, I think I can climb that. Now, there was rusty old barbed wire at the top of this chain link fence. I'm like, you going to climb that thing? He goes, yeah, I can climb that. So uh, I went over there and I gave him a leg up, you know, put my fingers together, interlaced, let him step in and I boosted him up and he threw his jacket over the barbed wire part and just straddled over it. And uh, there, I was holding a bag or something for him too. And I threw it over the fence for him. And then he ran up there and jumped on the on the uh, helicopter. Now that was it. He was a nice guy, super nice guy. I mean, you know, that that's my only interaction with him ever at that time. <clears throat> and uh super nice guy, really great, shook all of our hands. There was no no weird vibes or anything going on like that. Super nice guy. And now, all these years later, he's standing up for these children that are being trafficked and standing against the pedophiles that are trafficking them. And so, um uh, Mr. Mel Gibson, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciated you all way back when. I don't even know if you remember that. I do. Um, but um, if you ever listen to this, hey, drop me a line sometime. Mel, we'll, we'll go have coffee and catch up. Yeah, it'll take about three seconds because all we have to talk about is that time I helped you climb a fence. But it'll be fun. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I was just reminiscing going through that. But, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that people are starting to wake up. That people are starting to wake up. And it's not the people that I thought. I honestly thought that uh, church leaders would wake up and lead lead the charge against these things, and they're not. Who is it? It's Rob Schneider. It's Jason Aldean. It's Mark Wahlberg. It's it's uh, Mel Gibson, and people like them. Don't get me wrong. I want to say also thank you to the pastors who have stood up and who are making a difference. It's just unfortunate. It's just few and far between. It should be each and every one of us, not just a small handful. But things are shifting, ladies and gentlemen. They are shifting. They're shifting here in the United States at a grassroots level. Oh, the media is not talking about it too much. They're trying to besmirch us. They're trying to make us look bad. But it is happening. Things are changing. People are, uh, more and more people, thank you, Jesus, are starting to get clear-minded. The blinders are coming off. The smoke is leaving. The fog is leaving. And people are beginning to see and understand what's really happening. And you say, well, I just hope we'll do that before it's too late. I agree. More and more people need to, more people need to wake up to really what's going on and start standing up and saying enough's enough is enough. Standing strong and going the distance. So ladies and gentlemen, it is a good day, but it doesn't mean we give up the fight. 
It doesn't mean, oh, it's a good day so we can take a rest. No, now it's time to dig in even more and fight even harder to get our nation back and get this world back on track. So ladies and gentlemen, will you fight with me? Will you stand with me? Will you go the distance with me? Can we lock arms and really make a change in our nation? Or are we going to sit back and become a mere memory of the great nation that we once were? If you take guns away from law-abiding citizens, then only the criminals will have guns. Even a chipmunk knows that. Thank you for choosing Table Flippers Podcast. To find our merchandise page, go to gwcclancaster.org. Then find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and it'll take you right there. Until next time, have a fantastic day. Say goodbye, Chippy.